Welcome to Locked On Warriors. Where would Jordan Poole go in a redo of the 2019 draft? The 29th pick back then, why he should go in the top 10. That's coming up next. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's a Tuesday edition of Locked On Warriors, the only podcast bringing you the latest on the Warriors every day, Monday through Friday. I'm Wes Goldberg. However, you may be listening YouTube, Odyssey, or on your favorite podcast app. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. Uh, we got a redraft of the 2019 draft uh, coming up later on. But first, I wanted to give you some stats on Jordan Poole, specifically um, his fit alongside Stephen Curry. Okay, so, uh, and the reason I bring this up is because in the first preseason game, Jordan Poole played alongside Stephen Curry as the starter. Um, I've been a little skeptical about, not their fit, but just Jordan Poole playing that role. If you put him in that starting role, then what do you do for shot creation? What do you do for points when Steph Curry is on, when the, when the starters are on the bench, right? Uh, I suppose Steve Kerr could stagger those minutes and figure it out. Um, and just because Jordan Poole started in Clay Thompson's spot in the first preseason game, and by the way, we have our second preseason game in the, ch- the, the Chase preseason opener tonight against Denver. We'll preview that a little bit later on as well. Um, but just because he did that in the first game doesn't necessarily mean that he has to start Jordan Poole in the second game or in the regular season. But based on Steve Kerr's comments, basically saying, hey, Jordan Poole is one of the five best players that I have available, so he's going to start. Um, if that's the logic, then that's the logic. All right, I'm fine with it. Um, And so, like I said, I've been a little skeptical about that, but I wanted to pull up some stats just to look at Steph and Jordan Poole and their on-court performance in lineups together last season, okay? So in 221 minutes, here here are the stats. 221 minutes in lineups that featured Steph and Jordan Poole last season. A 117.9 offensive rating, a 100.0 defensive rating both are very good marks that's that's a plus 17.9 net rating that's really really strong uh and the number that really jumps out at me is this one a 69.9 percent assist percentage meaning that basically 70 percent of the shot makes that those lineups had were assisted so what does that tell you that tells you that when Steph and Jordan Poole play together in the backcourt, so you have two ball handlers, two shot creators, two shot makers in that backcourt together, that the ball movement goes to another level. 70% of assist percentage is really, I didn't look this up, but that's prob- that probably would rank number one in the NBA. That's an in- insanely good mark, um, which just tells you, and way better than a lot of their other lineups, if not every single one of their other lineups. Uh, you could throw Draymond Green in, the, in that mix in those lineups. I'm sure Draymond played alongside uh, those guys in those lineups because Steph's minutes and Draymond's minutes are, are essentially tied together for the most part. Um, and so with three ball handlers like that, two of them in the backcourt, that's why you get that kind of 70% mark is because, and that high offensive rating of 118 basically, is because you have that much shot creation in the backcourt, which just makes things so much easier for the rest of the guys on the team. Now, the problem with that is, and this is the point I've been making, is what do you do when both those guys are on the bench and now you have no shot creation on the floor, essentially, because the Warriors don't have a backup point guard, right? Jordan Poole is the closest thing they have to that. Maybe Andre Iguodala to a certain extent as well. Um, but 
Those are impressive numbers. It is in just 7% of their total minutes, okay? So 221 minutes is a small sample size when you consider that Steph on his own played, you know, 2,000 more minutes than that alone. Um, so that's just 7% of their total minutes. If Steve Kerr sticks with that starting lineup until Clay comes back, that's going to be a lot more than 221 minutes. But that small sample and what we saw in that first preseason game, and that... That, that's enough of a reason to give it a chance, right? And I think that's what Steve Kerr is doing. Um, we know that he likes to lean on those lineup models. He's got a whole analytics department that provides that information for him. Um, and they do make decisions, lineup decisions, rotation decisions, based on what those reports from the analytics department say. Um, not solely based on those reports, but they, they, they do take it into consideration. Um, I just do wonder what we're looking at Um as far as when those guys are on the on the bench, not on the floor, and how the Warriors um, create shots that way, uh, so those are that those, those are the the lineup stats that I had with Steph and Jordan Poole. Um, but to go back to this redraft idea, which I really like, um, because Jordan Poole thirty game thirty points in that first preseason game, obviously came on strong towards the end of last season, twenty ninth pick in twenty nineteen, he's already outperforming that draft slot right like it's hard i know he's a first round pick okay it's really hard to find guys at the end of the first round it's really really difficult like you go through the last few years i'm like tony parker comes to mind there's not a lot of guys who are selected at the end of the first round who are rotation caliber nba players like regular role players um jordan Poole is well on his way to not just being that but being you know a, a borderline starter sixth man of the year type of guy like that's his trajectory so I wanted to go back and look at uh, his stats versus that draft class. So these are his stats last year, total last year, 16th in points per game among players chosen in that draft in the 2019 draft, 16th uh, in points per game um, at 12 points per game, 10th in three pointers made. So 1.9 uh, three pointers made per game. With 1.9 assists, that ranks 17th among his draft class uh, last season. And then he's 20th in total plus-minus at a plus .06, um, which is pretty good for a second-year player. So that was his entire last year. But as we know, he really came on strong when he returned to the G from the G League back to Golden State on March 4th. Okay, In those 36 games since March 4th, he went from he, he ranked 12th in points per game at 14.7, Fifth in three-pointers made at 2.3. 15th in assists per game at 2.4. And then his plus-minus went up from 0.6 to 0.9. Um, another layer of these stats. One of just six players in that draft class who attempted at least six threes per game. That includes Michael Porter Jr., uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Lou Dort, Kobe White, uh, Jordan Poole, of course, and uh, Kevin Porter Jr. Among those six, Jordan Poole actually only ranks fifth in three-point percentage, but he does rank second in free-throw percentage behind just Kobe White, which bodes well for his long-term uh, potential and his trajectory as a shooter. You know, I I, I think Michael Porter Jr. is going to end up being probably the best shooter of that class because he could just get shots over guys, and he is just automatic. Um, Jordan Poole, a little bit of a volume-streaky kind of tendency, so that percentage, that three-point percentage, might not be up to... Michael Porter Jr. level or even Kobe White level, but I think he's going to be right there. I think it's going to be a pretty clear top three, and I'm not a big fan of Kobe White's long-term uh, potential either. So I think Jordan Poole can end up, just as a pure shooter, second on that list behind Michael Porter Jr. Um, Dort's come along. We'll see if that holds. 
Kevin Porter Jr. is more of a you know a volume guy, not as efficient as Jordan Poole, I don't think. Um, Nikhil Alexander-Walker has been impressive in his first two years, but I, I just think his ceiling is a little bit limited when you compare it to Jordan Poole's. Um, so those are the stats that I had. Uh, so with all that information, where would I take Jordan Poole if we were to redo the 2019 draft? That's coming up next. But first, let's talk about sweat block. There are a few things in life that just aren't fun to talk about, and one of them is excessive sweating. You know when you're sweating through your shirts for no reason, it's embarrassing. Some of you may know somebody that personally does deal with this, and I can tell you when I speak in public, I can't help but sweat through my shirt. Now, listen, I know this isn't life and death, and there are much worse problems in the world, but let's be honest. In the moment, it does feel like it's a big deal. Nobody likes to pit out during an important speech, during an interview, or even a first date, God forbid, and I'd much rather just not worry about it. And that's why I use Sweatblock antiperspirant wipes. Sweatblock is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it a night before, go to bed, and then the next morning you wake up, wash, and go about your day not worrying about sweat and feeling fresh, guaranteed. I know this is gonna sound too good to be true, but I literally only have to use Sweatblock once or twice a week, and it keeps me dry the entire time. No more pitting out, no more picking my shirts based on which one's gonna hide the sweat better, as some of you may know, I just got back from a two-week road trip. I got a box of this stuff, the sweat block stuff. I used it during the road trip because, you know, how you know, sitting in a car, hiking, doing all that stuff can make you stink, can make you sweat. Uh, the sweat block really did make a difference. Uh, if you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check it out. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on or at Amazon and CVS. Let's also take a minute to talk about Sleeper. In 2018, the fantasy sports experts at Sleeper realized that fantasy basketball was broken. Games were being won and lost based on whose players had more games that week. It made no sense and required very little strategy. So in 2020, Sleeper released a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball. It's called Game Pick, and it's only available on Sleeper. In Game Pick, owners pick a single game per week for each starter to count toward their team's total score, ensuring an even number of games played between opponents. The days of losing because your opponent's uh, players... Simply had more scheduled games to play, and that week are over. The days of mindless daily busy work are over. The days of giving up halfway through the season because that busy work, also over. I can tell you I've done that. In game picks, you pick one game per week for each player based on player matchups, home versus away, opponent's defensive rating, pace of play, and more. All of that adds up to more strategy and less busy work. Whether you prefer redraft, keeper, or dynasty, Game Picks has you covered. Sleeper cracked the fantasy basketball code, and if you play fantasy football, if you prefer building out a weekly strategy versus daily busy work, you're going to love Game Picks. Download the Sleeper app and start a league with your friends today. You're not going to be disappointed. Thanks again for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We'll get to a quick preview of tonight's game against the Nuggets in a moment. And when we get done here, make sure you check out uh, for your second listen an episode of Locked On NBA where today they break down the latest on Kyrie Irving's situation in Brooklyn. It's uh, getting messy over there. Um, okay, so I got this idea from Typeset on Warriors Reddit, um, which you could see here uh, on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, which I thought was just a really interesting idea. I, first of all, I love the NBA draft. I love, I mean, if you followed the show during this actual NBA draft, it was just loads and loads and loads of NBA draft content. And I just, I, I geek out over the scouting reports, talking to college coaches, talking to scouts, all that stuff. I just, I think the draft is so fun. And this year's draft was a lot of fun because the Warriors had seven and 14. But um, doing a redraft also is really interesting. And I, I think we're too... I think five years is a is a good amount of time to look back on a draft and really kind of get a feel for 
how it shook out. But going into year three here, I do think we can make some conclusions. Not, I don't think we can make total conclusions on the 2019 draft just yet, right? I think there are still guys like Jordan Poole who are just, and, and you know, San Antonio's Keldon Johnson, guys like that who are just starting to scratch their ceiling. Um, DeAndre Hunter in Atlanta, had, you know, injured last year. What does he look like coming back? I just, uh, I think there's still just a lot of question marks, but we're starting to see trajectories take shape, um, especially in the case of Jordan Poole. So, and then in some cases, we're already seeing some guys flame out, some guys just not working out. So I think we could do like a, a sort of redraft here. And again, shout out to Warriors Reddit and uh, Typeset for coming up with this idea and, and just letting me completely steal it for the show. Um, I don't know that they didn't necessarily let me. I just I did it without asking, but whatever. Um, it's not like they're the first person to do a redraft. Again, shout out to Warriors Reddit. They do a great job over there. Okay, so I'm not sure if you can necessarily see this on your screen. Let's see if I could zoom in here a little bit. Uh, okay, for some reason, it's zooming out more than it's zooming in. Cool thing, Safari. All right. Yeah, you can kind of see that. So what uh, Typeset did here is he put green check marks next to players he would absolutely for sure take over Jordan Poole. Yellow check marks uh, basically next to guys who he'd have to think about. And then X's basically useful players that I think Jordan Poole has surpassed overall. Um, and then uh, put a big star next to Jordan Poole, calling him the greatest player of all time. So that's funny. Um, but uh, so obviously Zion, John Morant, RJ Barrett. That they, they went one through three in 2019. I think they would go one through three. I think they would that would be your top three today if you were to redo a draft. Pretty clean that way. So I actually did a version of this on my own. I'll leave I'll leave this Reddit page up for you, but I've got a list of um, who I would take in my order. So I think automatically right off the bat, you can just kind of eliminate guys like Jarrett Culver, who went what was it six? Yeah, you can get rid of guys like Jarrett Culver, Jackson Hayes. Um, you know, right out of the top 10, boom. And I think the big question is whether or not Jordan Poole would make the top 10. So um, I think you can get rid of those guys right away. You get, you keep going down the list of guys who are taken over him, like Romeo Langford, Sekou Dembuya, uh, Goga Patezdi, Luka Samanic, uh, you know, uh, Ty Jerome, Dylan Windler. Um, like all these guys who, Kevin Gelly, who the Clippers took, all these guys, would you just, yeah, Jordan Poole. Easily take him over all those guys. But that's an easy one. That's low-hanging fruit right there. Um, where would Jordan Poole actually go? So let's do this. Let's do a redraft. We'll start at one through three, Zion, John Morant, R.J. Barrett. Um, I don't think that's even a question. The stuff that R.J. Barrett was doing last year with the Knicks, what he showed in the playoffs, what his upside is as a big wing who could play on and off the ball, I, you know, go, that's an easy one. I still would take DeAndre Hunter at number four. I just think the the potential he's shown at the defensive end when he's healthy, what he could do offensively as a three-point shooter, as a floor spacer, I love his upside, and that's another reason why, yeah, you kind of want to look five years uh, back on these kinds of things, right? I think DeAndre Hunter, in a couple more years, is going to emerge as like the fourth-best player in this draft, which makes sense because he was the fourth player taken in this draft. By the way, this is rare that it even works out like that. Uh, this was a pretty clear draft, though, with Zion on John Morant and R.J. Barrett as a, a clear top three um, Atlanta making the right des uh, decision there, taking Hunter at number four. Um, and then at number five, again, I would stick with Darius Garland here. I just think he's got such unique shot-making potential, especially as a, as a three-point shooter, as a volume three-point shooter. Uh, I would still take him there at number five. So I, I have the top five just kind of cleanly being the top five now, um, almost three years uh, since then. 
But um, this is where it gets different. Obviously not taking Jarrett Colvert, number six. Kobe White went number seven. I'm not a big Kobe White guy. I I don't know. I, I know that the, some of the stats here and there are impressive. Uh, I just, I don't know. I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't have a great grade on him in 2019. I still don't, I haven't seen enough. I mean, the fact that they went out and just got a bunch of guards this off season just sort of speaks to how, you know, their trust level in Kobe White in Chicago. But at number six, I've got Tyler Hero. Uh, yeah, maybe some of you are accusing me of being a homer, whatever. Uh, listen, Tyler Hero, what he did in the bubble, what he did last year when you actually look at the stats. I mean, I, I went through and just looked at the stats for all these guys compared to the rest of this draft class, as I did in the first segment, which is Jordan Poole, but I did it for everybody. His stats are right up there, man. I, they're really good. He's got a ton of potential as a shot maker. I love his ability to get around on the floor. Um, I know Jordan Poole scored 30 points in his first preseason game. Tyler Hero went out and scored 26. So it's not like he's not done anything since the bubble. I just think that that was his biggest platform. And you hear people, just like you hear with Golden State, talk about Jordan Poole's work ethic. You hear the same thing with Tyler Hero. And it's, you know, some of it's a little BS and some of that. I know there's been some stuff about how Tyler Hero is a lot on social media and all that kind of stuff to me. That's just part and parcel with being an NBA player these days. You're just on social media. I think Jordan Poole is a unique one in that he's not. But I don't think we should even compare Tyler Hero and Jordan Poole. They are similar players. Tyler Hero was taken in the lottery. Jordan Poole wasn't. Tyler Hero has just shown more. He's played in the playoffs at this point. He was a and he, he rose to the occasion. And so just from what we've seen so far, I would still take Tyler Hero over Jordan Poole. But again, this is why I'm not saying that Jordan Poole won't be the best player in, out of those two in five years. But he just hasn't shown me as much because he hasn't had that same opportunity as Tyler Hero has. Again, another reason why you want to do this five years uh, in the, in advance than, than now, but still a fun exercise. Number seven, I take Matisse Thybul. I know he can't do anything on offense, but he's so good defensively that I would just I would take him at number seven. At least you just know what you're getting. Um, at number eight, I take Brandon Clark. Um, you know, I think he's just shown a ton over in Memphis. Definitely more of an impressive rookie year than sophomore year. So we'll see if he bounces back, but. I just think with his size and his athleticism, I just I still think you bet on that, considering that um, all these guys are still pretty new to the league. At number nine, I have Keldon Johnson. Um, I know that over here on Reddit, there was a little bit of debate in the comments section about whether or not you would take Keldon Johnson over Jordan Poole. I love that Keldon Johnson was able to play with Team USA, and I love his size and his athleticism. And at the end of the day, in a, in a league dominated by wings, I think you just got to bet on that. And so I take Keldon Johnson at nine, but it's not... I've got Jordan Poole at 10, and it was tough for me. I think I think Jordan Poole is right here in that kind of Matisse, Tybel, Brandon Clark, Keldon Johnson range, okay? And I just, again, Tybel's just proven a little bit more to me on the defensive end, and I think that offensive game will come around eventually. And then Clark and Keldon Johnson, I'm just, you know, size, athleticism wins out, and those, that's why those guys were taken. That's why Brandon Clark was taken as high. Um, and I got Jordan Poole right there at 10. So when you consider that he was taken at 29th, and then a redraft would be taken at 10. That's really good. And I have him over Cam Johnson and Phoenix. I know that he made the finals and there's a lot of shine that goes with that. But I, I like Jordan Poole's upside more than Cam Johnson's. I think Cam Johnson is a good player, but kind of limited. Um, Cam Reddish, I have Jordan Poole over Cam Reddish. That was tough for me, but Cam Reddish, to, he, he, he's been injured. He showed pretty well in the playoffs last year, but that was in a, a very small sample when he got back from injury for Atlanta. Um, PJ Washington there. I think you could make a case for all these guys right in that Jordan Poole range, too. Um, and then you kind of go to that next level. Rui Hachimura, I like him. I really do. I just We need to see more from him, but I love his upside. I did in 2019. I still do now. And then I got the rest of that group. Kobe White, Grant Williams, Darius Basley, and Nas 
Little, Nasir Little, who have shown some stuff, um, but I wouldn't put in that kind of Jordan Poole range right now. Good, they could be like good, you know, rotation type of players. Whereas I think Jordan Poole could be borderline starter for you, six man, uh, you know, super six man type of guy. Uh, so that's my redraft. That's it. Uh, let me know what you guys think in the comments section here on YouTube or uh, on your favorite podcast app. Coming up next, uh, a quick little preview of tonight's game against the Denver Nuggets. You're listening to Lock on Warriors. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. We're back and better than ever, and all eyes are on the gridironers. Teams are back for another football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all of the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, and boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, Bet online where the game starts. Okay, back here with Locked On Warriors. Uh, that redraft was fun. Let me know what you thought about it uh, in the comments of whatever podcast app or here on YouTube. Uh, what would you think? How would you do your redraft? Did I have Jordan Poole too low even at number 10? I thought that was pretty high. Uh, would you have him higher? Would you have him lower? Did you disagree with somebody who had drafted ahead of him? Let, let me know in the comments. Um, really do appreciate you subscribing and making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. Um, let's do a quick preview of tonight's preseason game against the Denver Nuggets. The Warriors' second game of the preseason. Their first game during this preseason at Chase Center. So this should be a lot of fun. Uh, the Nuggets arrive 0-1 in the preseason. The Warriors, of course, won their first game up in Portland. Uh, as far as injuries, Gary Payton II still out with a hernia. And then for Denver, Will Barton is doubtful. Michael Porter Jr., probable. And, of course, we know they'll be without Jamal Murray. Um, and we know everything else that the Warriors are dealing with, Clay Thompson, James Wiseman, et cetera. Um, so here's the thing that I'm looking at for tonight. Um, interesting that they started their preseason against two playoff teams, two playoff caliber teams, Portland and Denver. And, by the way, Denver is still very much in the playoff mix without Jamal Murray. Um, I still don't think that they should be counted out of the title mix, depending on when Jamal Burry comes back and what he looks like. But um, what I'm interested to see here against Denver is kind of the opposite of what the Portland thing was. Against Portland, you want to see what the starters look like against the starters. Who's defending Damian Lillard? Can they compete offensively? Obviously, they did. It took them taking 69 threes in that game, but they did, and they won that game. Um, against Denver, I'm more interested to see the depth situation because the one thing the Nuggets do have is a ton of depth, right? They can roll out a ton of different lineups, um, don't have a lot of weaknesses across that rotation. Kind of remind me a little bit of that Toronto team in 2019 where, yeah, you have stars on that team, MVP caliber level stars in the case of Nikola Jokic here for the Nuggets. But outside of that, I know Jamal Murray is a star. I know that, you know, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, they bring a lot to the table as far as talent is concerned. But to me, just a lot of just... Rotation-level guys, high-level rotation-level guys, even coming off that bench, um, there's just not a lot of weaknesses that you can poke if you're the Warriors, right? Like, there's not a guy who can just attack over and over again or just sag off of offensively necessarily and just not worry about on that end either. So a really balanced roster. It's one of the reasons why they were one of the best teams in the league last year before Jamal Murray went down um, and still you know, stack up at the top of the Western Conference even with Jamal Murray out. 
So how does Golden State's depth stack up? I know Otto Porter Jr. looked good. Nemanja Bialica had his moments in the first game um, against a shallow Portland team. I just I don't love Portland's depth at all. I I just wonder what that looks like tonight against Denver. How do guys like Otto Porter look? How do guys like Bialica look? How do the how does this kind of stable of guards perform against a really good rotation of guards uh, that Denver has? That's what I'm looking for, and it's that simple. Um, and uh, yeah, not really the win and loss stuff. I don't really care about that in the preseason. I just I want to see how this depth stacks up against Denver. So the first quarter in the beginning of the game will be interesting. You have Steph against Nikola Jokic and all that stuff, uh, Draymond, all that stuff, all fun. Um, but this is one of those preseason games where I kind of am interested in that middle portion that people really don't care about during the preseason. I think that'll tell us something about Golden State um, tonight. That'll do it for today. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked On Warriors on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, comment and leave a five-star rating. And then, of course, follow me on Twitter at WC Goldberg. You can reach me uh, by email, wcgoldberg at gmail.com. A um, little cleaning up stuff right now. Um, you may have seen my announcement yesterday that I'm starting. I am, I'm moving over to Substack, and I'll be covering South Florida sports um, over there. Really, really excited about this opportunity and, and the, the support that I've gotten has been awesome. I understand that you as a Warriors fan probably don't really care about me covering South Florida sports. Uh, I'm moving to South Florida. That's where I'm from. It's where my family's from, recently engaged. So this is as much a family decision uh, uh, as anything. Um, and so in case you haven't heard, I am, I've already left the San Jose Mercury News. I am planning to leave Locked on Warriors, but we're just still working out a transition plan here. So um, there will be another host of Lockdown Warriors. It won't be me, but for now it is going to me to be me while we work out that transition. How long is that going to take? I don't know. I don't know how long um, I'll still be the host here, but I'll keep you updated. Um, and I do appreciate the continued support for my work everywhere else. Feel free to subscribe to my Substack. It's free right now, so it doesn't cost you anything. Um, it's There's no content there yet. I've just announced it. It's coming soon. I'm going to Start providing content in a few weeks there. Just still working on some stuff there, but I just did want to make that announcement that that is indeed where I'm headed. Um, and then we'll figure out the rest of this here. So thanks for the continued support of Lockdown Warriors and of my work, and uh, talk to you tomorrow. We'll talk about some uh, Denver Warriors action.